minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Packers fans, welcome into your daily installment of the Pack-A-Day podcast. This is episode 41. For those of you listening to me for the first time, my name is Matt Fralick. You can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore F-R-A underscore. That's Matt underscore Frey underscore. Normally, I record with Janelle Mackey, where you can find her on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. Unfortunately, Janelle is moving today from Minnesota, as we know where she lives during the summer, back to Green Bay to start another semester of college at UW-Green Bay. The moving process, as we all know, anyone that's moved sucks. It's one of the worst things to have to do. She was unable to make the recording tonight, but no worries, Janelle. Take care of your moving. Get ready for your first, I guess, day of the semester tomorrow, which is less than, I guess, 12 hours while I record this. Get your feet under you. Don't worry. We'll see you in two weeks. Hopefully the Packers will be off to 2-0 start at that point, and your fantasy teams are doing well. So I need to start this podcast by saying thank you to Tom Crabtree, who came on the podcast um, earlier in this weekend and recorded with Zach Jacobson and Matub. Not only is Tom super hilarious on Twitter, for those of you that don't know that, I would go and definitely follow him. But he's a pretty funny audio personality. Him and Matub were going back and forth on PETA. The Super Bowl smelt like for Tom Crabtree. Just a bunch of off-the-wall questions, which I feel like was perfect for Matub to be in that realm with a guy just as goofy as Tom Crabtree. And then Andy Herman, who you heard yesterday, brought on Aaron Nagler, the infamous or famous Aaron Nagler, and picked his brain on all the roster moves thus far and the Khalil Mack trade. So... Really great to have those guys joining the Pack a Day podcast. We've only had this is the 41st episode, like I said. We've been doing this for about a month and a half now, and to get the exposure that we already had, we're already a, already a thousand followers on Twitter. We're about over 30,000 listens total through all the platforms you can listen to the podcast on. And then we're getting these, you know, Packer, I guess, former player and writer, media personality, and Aaron Nagler. So, Thank you to my fellow Packaday podcast contributors and for those other two gentlemen to come on the podcast and discuss anything Packer related. The next order of business for this episode is to get all of the Packer fans up to date on the 53-man roster, how it stands, along with the 10 practice squad players. Zach Jacobson, on I believe it was Saturday, he said if the Packers roster was stuck at eight receivers, and four outside linebackers by the time the game versus the, the Chicago Bears was this coming Sunday on Sunday Night Football. He would shave his head. Um, for what I've seen on Twitter, Zach's got some decent salad. So, lucky for him, he doesn't have to shave his head. Jake Kumaro was put on IR, and now the Packers have seven receivers on their active roster. Obviously, the three rookie receivers that Brian Gutenkunst drafted made the roster. I don't think it's too much of a surprise there. I thought one of them may miss out, but when I sat back and thought about it, you know, it's his first draft. He grabbed those guys for a reason. Physically, we all know why that was, and they all have shown, you know, promise in the preseason games. 
little inconsistency here and there, but you know that's why he's going to carry those guys on the roster because he feels strongly about them and to cut them, possibly have a waiver picked up on him, not make him on the practice squad wasn't worth the gamble for him. So I totally understand that. And Zach, uh, keep keep that lettuce flowing, man. Uh, good for you, not having to shave your head. In addition. Herb Waters is cut. Many of you know him as a physical freak. Played some corner. I think he came out as a receiver at one point as well. Uh, Marwin Evans gets signed to the practice squad after clearing waivers. And the Packers go out and sign a few guys today. Darius Jackson. Many of you may or may not know Darius Jackson. I know little from him other than the highlights I was able to bring up on YouTube. Uh, Darius Jackson, most notably, was on the Dallas Cowboys. Saw a few highlights of him in the week two of the preseason with the Bengals. Looked pretty solid, very quick, burst through the line. Remind me a little bit of Dewan Harris. I wouldn't say as physical as Dewan Harris, probably a little bit better athlete. Seen a lot of videos of him in college squatting a, a lot of weight, probably similar to Matub. And we look for him to be, I guess, the third running back until Aaron Jones comes back. They put Joel Blogman on the practice squad, so you needed to have a third guy after we cut the two other gentlemen that we brought in um, a couple weeks ago to be able to get you through until Aaron Jones is back from suspension. Go a little bit further, Corey Toomer is a inside linebacker, about 6'1", 220, uh, ran about a 4'5", 4'5", 40 at the Combine, coming out of Idaho a few years ago. He is 29 at this point, doubt he still has that type of speed. But laterally, he looks like he's got a pretty quick first step. I would say it's quicker than Jake Ryan. As we know, Oren Burks has the shoulder issue right now. Again, earlier in the week, they brought in Antonio Morrison in the trade with Lindsey Pipkins from the Colts, who Pipkins has now actually been released. I've seen some chatter about if the Packers should go out and re-sign him, which would be kind of interesting. You trade for a guy and you're able to pick him up the following week. As I record this, that hasn't happened, but... Toomer joins the new Packer talent, Anton Morrison, along with Oren Burks when he comes back, and of course the dynamic Blake Martinez. It looks like Petten's rounding out his inside linebacker positions. It seems like those four could, you know, I guess we could make do with them at this point. You will probably see Josh Jones come up and play in the box in that similar area throughout the year, similar to what Morgan Burnett did, but I think Petten's pretty set with where he is for his inside linebacker position, which is nice to see that he's you know, finding some players that are actually going to fit his role. We go down the list finally to Tony Brown. Now, Tony Brown I'm pretty excited about. I think he's kind of a good balance from Herb Waters. He, he was very similar player. It seems like very dynamic athletically. Tony Brown, I'm looking at the combine this last year, ran like a 4-3-5. Crazy combine numbers. Watched a bunch of highlights from him when he was at Alabama can come up make some tackles in the in the backfield on some very very large running backs when he was playing against Clemson Florida and then in the passing game um, put out an island a couple times it looked like and just pass deflections interceptions he had a game against Florida he had three picks he did go undrafted this year was signed by the Los Angeles Chargers kind of surprising to see that they left him off their roster I know they had been banged up in that defense and across the board for that team but the Packers end up getting him. I think he's, he's signed to the practice squad. You don't really know what that means. I think he's a, it's a nice body to have. If he's going to make an impact this year, I would doubt it. But go ahead and help yourself after you listen to the rest of the podcast to 
Go on YouTube, Tony Brown, highlights at Alabama, whatever you want to do. Pretty fascinating stuff. He's out there laying some massive blocks on punt returns. And again, like I said, in the back end for um, interceptions, coming up from the nickel position, putting some huge hits in the backfield on running backs. So go take a look at him. So as of Monday at 6 central time, that is the current transactions in the active 53-man roster. Brian Gutenkust in his press conference on Saturday night said this roster is fluid. It could change in the next day. It could change in the next six days, seven, eight days before the Bears game. Like I pointed out, he did make some moves to get a running back, add some practice squad players, some cornerbacks, and you know fill a spot in the middle linebacker position with Corey Toomer. I want to give you my opinion on some of the guys that were left off the active roster that didn't make the team. Surprised that Aaron Rukowski did not make the active roster. I know there's some people out there that are fullback truthers and homers, and there's other ones out there that don't think fullbacks have any business being in the NFL anymore. I clearly see both sides. I like to troll, thinking that the fullbacks are very important. But honestly, I thought Aaron Rukowski was an important part to this team. It's a bummer to see him not make it, but it looks like maybe Philbin has progressed in his offense. Keeping four tight ends clearly shows you where they're going to be lining up some of those tight ends with either a second tight end off the line, maybe one in the backfield like a fullback, whether it be Tanyan, maybe Kendricks. I would see Tanyan more as that hybrid type position to get some looks. And to be honest, if it's between Rakowski and Tanyan, you have to see that one of those guys is going to be able to affect both the receiving game and the run game with lead blocking and passing with Tanyan. So I understand the move that way. Keeping Tim Boyle, I thought, was a different approach. Andy and I had went back on Twitter on Saturday after I saw that they were officially going to keep him. I just feel like they could have, the Packers could have used that position, excuse me, that roster spot to affect some other positions that they've you know, struggled with. We only have four outside linebackers. You see Kyle Murphy going on IR. Maybe they would have been out and signed a offensive lineman. It seems like the offensive line and the outside linebackers have been a problem for the Packers for the last couple of years. You would like to see them maybe use that spot for one of those positions. I know John Simon, again, Andy is huge on. And being cut by the Colts, you thought maybe he'd come in and be able to fill a role in the defense. As of now, they have not done that. But I just thought, you know, I get Andy's argument of keeping Tim Boyle on the active roster. You don't want to cut him. Have him go through waivers. And then, oh, someone that maybe we've played through the preseason picks him up because they've seen the talent he has, or someone throughout the rest of the league has seen that he's got a high IQ and potentially could be their starting quarterback one day. So I get that argument, Andy. There's two sides of the coin, but you know, obviously Brian Gutenkus has evaluated talent very well thus far. Small sample size, but we've seen some of these athletic beasts that he's brought in and drafted, so hopefully he was correct on Tim Boyle, and maybe one day he will will be the starter. There's been rumors going around that Trevor Davis possibly is being shopped. That's why they kept eight receivers. So far, you haven't seen that. Trevor Davis only getting the one game under his belt in the preseason. Mike McCarthy uh, late last week said he knows what he's going to get out of Trevor Davis. He knows that Trevor Davis wants to get on the field, but the medical staff hasn't cleared him. Trevor Davis spoke about his situation as well, saying you know it's frustrating to only be able to have a a tape of the games from the previous years, not something current. From the way that Mike McCarthy talked, it seemed like he was going to make the final 53, which he did. 
just kind of surprising to me that he's only basically going to be a special teams returner. I know with Quentin Rollins going on IR and they tried him out there early in the preseason as a returner, you needed someone to be able to do that. The Packers have struggled for, I guess, a long, long time from my memory. You know, you had Jeff Janis before Trevor Davis, and they just had issues with returners. So we did see some great plays from Trevor last year, just not in the receiving game. That's all he's there for is to be a, a returner ace. You essentially now have six receivers that are going to see the field. Three, Half of those would be the rookies. The other half are obviously Adams, Cobb, and Allison. Week progresses. As I said, I think an outside linebacker is something that the Packers want to go look at. Unfortunately for the Packers, there isn't a body out there they obviously feel is worth them bringing on to their active 53 it's a little nerve-wracking to think that they don't have that edge guy that could be dynamic or as soon as someone goes down can fill a spot being those, you know, the only three guys I really trust out there are Clay Matthews at times, Nick Perry went healthy, and Reggie Gilbert, and then again, Fackrell. Just not not a huge Fackrell fan. I think there's many Fackrell haters out there. It's almost like they kept him on the roster because they wasted a third-round pick on him during the Ted Thompson regime. But they do have a great defensive line. We see Dean Lauer making the roster, along with, of course, Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, and Muhammad Wilkerson. Those four guys, I think, are going to have huge impact this year. Not only just in the normal defensive line, but actually going to be affecting the perimeter with the outside linebackers. Giving Clay a one-on-one, giving Nick Perry a one-on-one, hopefully it will make those guys you know, not have to battle as much in the trenches. We know that's where games are won. And they're able to get off their blocks and able to affect the uh, the quarterback or the run game. Last few items I want to get to today are the Khalil Mack trade. Like I said, Aaron Nagler came on yesterday with Andy Herman on the 40th podcast. Go ahead and check that out. I just talked about the Khalil Mack trade to the Bears. I think the Bears gave up a lot for Khalil Mack. Not only in draft picks, but what they had to sign him for his deal. We knew as NFL fans after the Aaron Donald contract... Khalil Mack was going to want similar money. That guaranteed money is ridiculous. It seemed like, for Packers fans, it was trending that way possibly after the Aaron Rodgers contract went down. You kind of knew where the Packers sat with salary cap, but at least you had a better idea as, you know, hey, are they going to actually pay this guy? Are they, they have the money for that? The way I viewed it, I didn't think they did. And lo and behold, not only were they going to have to pay that much money, but they're going to have to give up those picks. I think the, the picks are more important at this point once Aaron Rodgers was signed. Before that, I feel like it would have ruffled feathers with Aaron Rodgers, and then you know that he only has a certain amount of money to play with, and the team does to make him happy and to keep him here forever, which clearly they did. We've seen the Bears do this now under the GM pace. Not only have they kind of tried to make a splash with the Trubisk last year, trading up to get him, but this offseason for sure, they go out and get Trey Burton, they get Allen Robinson, you know, they have a young defense, I understand that. It's a very dynamic defense. There's long speedsters up in that front seven. They have some dudes that are going to fly around in the back end. But it almost seems like they're trying to win now. And they're doing that type of, you know, we have Trubisky on a rookie deal. We need to get some players around him while he's still cheap to be able to make a push, to, I guess, towards the NFC Championship game, if not the Super Bowl. And objectively, obviously I'm a Packer fan, I try to look at it objectively, I don't see the Bears having that established yet. 
They just don't seem like they, you know, Trubisky is that good. He's not what Russell Wilson was. He's not potentially what Deshaun Watson is. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott, I would say, is above what Trubisky does. So I see this being a huge impact for their defense. They're just not going to be able to put points on the board with Khalil Mack. You know, you need to in this league, you need to be able to score 20 to 26 points a game just to have a chance to win. And I just don't see Mitch Trubisky and this offense with a new coach, all these new weapons, being able to make that large enough leap to be able to put them over the top. Finally today, I want to throw in a little jab towards Zach Jacobson and Andy Herman. Uh, they've been talking about this Madden game they're going to play on YouTube, on a YouTube stream, since I think Madden came out like a month ago. I know I've been playing a lot of it. It's actually up on my TV right now, just at you know the loading screen if I want to get a game in. But these boys have been going back and forth on it. Apparently Andy used to be super good. He used to play at some Madden challenges, played at one in Green Bay. Said he got like third or fourth. Uh, Zach apparently didn't have a system up until like last week, which I'm amazed about. So he went out and got a PS4. These guys haven't got the ball rolling. I know they're super busy. Got kids, girlfriends, family, real work. But I want to see this game. A couple of the guys have thrown their hat in the ring that do the Pack-A-Day podcast with us. Uh, I think we should get a little tournament going possibly here. But if I had to pick someone, I'm going with Andy Herman. Zach didn't have a system up until last week, like I said. I think Andy's at least good enough to beat someone that didn't have a controller in their hands up until last week, Tuesday. Look for that coming soon. This is my push towards you gentlemen to get that done. So I can't wait to watch that. It's going to be super sweet. Finally, as always... To interact with anyone with the Pack-A-Day Podcast or ask any questions, follow at Pack-A-Day Podcast on Twitter. You can find everybody that way. The best way to interact with us is on there. You can go ahead and find everyone's handles, follow them. To listen to the Pack-A-Day Podcast, please go ahead and subscribe once you are listening. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. There's about five, six, seven, eight other ones out there. I didn't know they had this many platforms for podcasts. I think you only really need one. But if... um, your grandma has a droid. Get her hooked up with the Google Play version. She'll be set to go listen to all the Packers news that she needs. Once again, my name is Matt Fralick. You can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore F-R-A underscore. You won't hear from Janelle and I until after the first two games of the season, that being the Bears and the Vikings home games. Hopefully they're at off to a 2-0 start by then. In the meantime... Catch up on all the Pack-A-Day podcast episodes before this and listen to them all through the next coming days and weeks. The season is upon us, and as always, go Pack Go. Rodgers gets the snap. Blitz is on. Rodgers scrambles He's left, got winds up, rainbow. Cobb. He's got Cobb in the 10 to the yes! To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Oh, my goodness. And NFC North Division Championship dagger of 47 yards. Hasselback maybe changing the play of the line. Looks left and right. Takes the snap. Short drop. Quick throw. Left side. Yes! Yes! Hey, right Scrambles to his left under pressure, rolling right, escapes, right side looking, rainbows high and deep into the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown, a leaping touchdown, catch is made, and the Packers have won, unbelievable.